Good morning. Good morning. I know it's been a minute, y'all. We back, though. We back. Happy Saturday. How is it going? It is going. I had a very, very long week. Um, a lot of stuff going on. I've talked to you about Mason, the baby. He's getting ready to have his first surgery on Monday. So that's been a little uh, nerve-wracking, um, just thinking about the surgery on Monday and just other stuff going on with the other kiddos and uh, their school. So it's been a bit of a, I'll just say, a heavy week for me. What about Got you? you? Got you. Uh, it's been a full week, but a good week. Um, we celebrated eight years of, of marital bliss on Tuesday, me and hubby. So that was fun to have a nice little getaway. Of course, it always goes too soon, but it was great. I'm all, anywhere near the ocean is my happy place. So it was good just to be in a different setting, have a change of venue, have a chance to focus on one another and just kind of reflect on the past, you know, talk about the future and just celebrate, you know, what God has done thus far in Dawsonville, as we like to call it. Um, so that was good. And then, of course, I had a ton of things waiting for me when I got back. But God has been faithful. He really has graced me to get done all that needed to be done, you know, and hopefully I'll have some downtime this weekend so I can, you know, hit the ground running next week. But it's been a good week, a very good week. I'm grateful, very, very grateful. So. I have to say happy Women's History Month to you, Latoya. Yay, yay, yay. Happy Women's <laughs> History Month. <laughs> Thank you. I definitely feel like, you know, Becoming Eva is in the thick of celebrating women's history. I know that from the beginning has been our goal and, you know, our desire to really celebrate women of God, women of color, women in general, you know, and of course, you know, we make space for the men and they can get in wherever they fit in, but we really try to make that the goal and focus of Becoming Eva. So we got to give a shout out to our Becoming Eva community, our Becoming Eva family. Thank you for rocking with us, rolling with us. You know, um, we started this in what, 2020? Uh, season four and where I feel like we're the little engine that could, you know, or can, cause we're, we're inching along, but I, I feel like each season we get stronger and stronger and get more and more support. So just grateful for any and everyone that has supported becoming Eva over the years. Yes. I'm very thankful for all of our becoming Eva fans. Absolutely. So in the spirit of Women's History Month, we're going to be celebrating women all week and we're going to be celebrating women in their respective areas of impact. So as you can see this week, we are talking women in media and we have two fabulous, did I say fabulous women that are going to be joining us this morning. So I want you to give it up for our girls, Brisha Leandra and Danye Davis. They are phenomenal women in media who, you know, have helped and supported us directly and indirectly over the years. And so we're going to learn more about their stories during this time. And if any of you are interested in getting involved in media, hopefully you'll get some tips and some inspiration and some motivation to take those steps as well. So, but first, but first, you know, we got to talk what's trending. So let's get into it. All right. Two quick topics. I want y'all to weigh in. I'll give you the the uh the the clip notes if you will and then we'll kind of dive in from there so uh if you haven't noticed 
gas prices are a bit high these days. A bit high. Mm-hmm. You know, we were on the road um, this week traveling, and it was like, man, like, do we want to fill up? You know, like to see gas prices over three and four dollars. I think in California it's over five dollars. So there's a lot going on, a lot of fallout, if you will, in connection to um, the situation with Russia and the Ukraine and the stance that the United States has taken in supporting Ukraine. So I just want to ask if anybody's been impacted by the gas prices and how y'all are navigating that situation. Any any thoughts, any any feedback or words of encouragement? Uh, yeah, for me, I um, I drive back and forth. I'm outside of Nashville, so I drive back and forth. It's about, um, it's probably about a 45-minute drive. Uh, and I've kind of slowed that down just a little bit um, just to make sure that, you know, I'm uh, making room for those gas prices. But, um, you know, it's one of those things. It just seems like it's, everything else has gotten higher. It's, uh, that's... I guess I guess it's really truly a sign of the times if that's if the gas prices are getting higher. Yeah, yeah. Gas, groceries, food Mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. Like my grocery bill now is (laughs) humongous with a family of six every week. It's crazy. Yeah, I would just say. I would just say for me, as far as with gas, uh, I'm on a budget, so the same amount of money I put in the gas uh, last month in December is the same amount that I'm putting in today. If it, if I don't get full, oh well. I just um, where I go, um, I don't really go too many places because of course we're still recovering from the pandemic. So um, I just uh, I go home, I go to the store, I go to places where I need to go. So I, that's how I was able to, that's how I'm able to survive this. Yeah. And I would say, I think now people are just being more strategic of, okay, well, if I have to go out, this is, and I think the pandemic taught us that too, you know, if I have to go out, these are the places that I need to hit. Boom, boom, boom. All right. I hit my places. Anything extra too bad. So sad. That is, it is what it is when it comes to that. So yeah, I think it's just pulling out that strategy, that map of like, okay, how can I get over here the most efficient way and spend the less gas? So um, you know, but I think it's just one of those things. It's one of the things uh, that, you know, as we, as time goes on, everything's going to get higher. Like uh, Latoya was saying, you know, I can't imagine buying groceries for uh-huh. a family of six. So, um, yeah, I know that it's all, you know, it's all relative. Yeah. Right. And then, of course, on top of that, a lot of companies are, you know, responding to the situation with Russia and the Ukraine by boycotting Russia. I was just reading an article this week about um, Coca-Cola, you know, shutting down their facility in Russia and cutting their ties. And, you know, I know, Toya, you were just reading a list of companies that have taken the same measures. Do you want to share any more insight on yeah. that? Yeah. So they are finance companies, MasterCard, Visa, American Express, and then energy companies, uh, BP, Exxon, Shell, consulting companies, aviation companies, auto companies, General Motors, Toyota, Nissan, Volkswagen, uh, Media Entertainment. We've got DirecTV, Disney, Warner Media, and then wow. retail, H&M, Heineken, Ikea, Mother Care, Prada, 
um, S.A. Lauder Companies, McDonald's, shipping goods, UPS, FedEx, tech companies like Apple and Facebook, Twitter, Netflix, Spotify, Roku, YouTube, Airbnb, wow. Intel, Microsoft, IBM, um, a lot of big name companies are boycotting Russia. So it's a lot. The list, the list is humongous. So hopefully, I don't know, do y'all think this will impact or how do you think this will impact the situation that's going on overseas right now with Russia and Ukraine? I really don't know. Like I'm, I'm hoping that this would be an eye-opening situation for Russia and that they rethink their strategy uh, because now, you know, now you're losing money over, over, over what? Because you want to control another country that doesn't want to be part of your organization. So I, I, I pray that they, that they will, you know, that Putin will just kind of just ease up and just, just let it go. But I don't, I feel like he's one of those, those leaders that are determined to get what they want and mm -hmm. they won't care. So, but I, like I said, I, I just pray that it, it doesn't escalate. I just, cause it, it's crazy. It is scary. I, I, I rather America not get involved. We have our own issues that we need to take care of. Uh, but right now we just got to sit back and watch. But again, I just hope that, you know, that, the citizens of Russia would just like rise up and just say, Pumier, we need to fall back and just and just let just let it go. Yeah, prayerfully. I mean, I feel like it almost kind of reminds me of like in the um in the old testament when God would like intentionally harden <laughs> harden Pharaoh's mm -hmm, heart. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. You know, there be more and more plagues. I feel like he's like hardening Putin's heart. So I'm like, Lord, like outlook. What, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm like, whatever you're doing, like, it's going to have to be a heart change. Like, it's going to yes. have to be in order for anything right. to change, you know, instead of him being like set in his ways. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So, all right. On to what else is trending. So recently, Bank of America released a statement apologizing for mistaking Black Panther film director Ryan Coogler for a bank robber. Now, I've, I've heard mixed opinions on this situation. I'm just going to give you the breakdown and you tell me who you think was in the right or who you think was in the wrong or, you know. But long story short, Ryan Coogler goes into Bank of America with a mask on, as most people do these days. And he hands the bank teller, who also happens to be a woman of color, a note saying, please withdraw $10,000 from this account and be discreet, okay? So I don't know if he didn't want to talk through his mask or if it's since it's a large amount of money, he's like, don't be putting my stuff on blast. But needless to say, the woman got triggered. The teller got triggered, and she basically calls the police on the down low. His SUV is parked in the back. The police come, and they mistake him for robbing the bank and end up escorting him out of the bank in handcuffs. Now, of course, since then, Bank of America has issued an apology and said it was a mistake, but I just want to hear you all's mm -hmm. feedback. Like, do you mm -hmm. think the situation, you know, was a just a common mistake? Do you think it has something to do with the fact that this is a Black man asking for a large amount of money? I know the teller was a woman of color too, though, but what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? This situation could have been handled differently on so many, in so many ways. Okay, because I know a lot of people were on social media was attacking the teller. Okay, well, let's put ourselves in her shoes. Like maybe you're a new teller, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you've mm-hmm. been taught all these protocols of what to do when someone hands you a note. I think before she called the police, because he gave her he gave her his ID, his debit card, and maybe she just panicked. She didn't read the note in detail. She just got a note and just panicked. But what she should have done, and, and, and maybe we don't know, go to a manager and say, hey, hey, he gave me his ID. He gave me, you know, his debit card and he gave me this note. And, but I, as a black man too, it's like, you gotta be careful in these situations to like, maybe mm-hmm. go to a manager first and say, hey, can you help me? Because, you know, I know Bank of America, they do have reps that will come to you while you're sitting in line and say, hey, how you doing? Is there anything I can help you with? I think that he should have went that route. But that's just my opinion. But I mean, a lot of things could have could have happened before the cops were called. Yeah, great point. Anyone else? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I have no idea what bank teller protocol is um, or what, what you do before in your training and things of that sort. But I do think, you know, if especially, was this in Atlanta or LA? Where was it? It, it was in Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay. Um, so I think, especially in these areas where there's money, <laughs> you know, that should be a part of the, the training. Like, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people that come in that want to uh, withdraw dis- discreetly. Um, to be able, and, and if there is a protocol, then that should be uh, told to the customer as well, too. Um, you know, hey, this is our process for if you want to withdraw large amounts uh, and you want to do it discreet, this is how you could do that. So that way we don't have this problem at all, regardless of what color that you are. But I'm sure I was actually reading a comment on YouTube and a lady said that she was, she's been a bank teller for 10 years and she's gotten plenty of notes that just said uh, how much they wanted to withdraw with their same same type exact same situation and it's never alerted her but yes like um like she said you know we this could have been a new teller uh, somebody that's not uh, familiar with how things like this go down but i think when especially when you're in those areas of uh high profile people coming in or high profile uh things of that sort people that are not wanting to draw attention to themselves uh cuz i mean i guess yeah if i was coming in to withdraw $12,000 i don't need anybody in jesus name lord let that happen one day but if i were coming in to do that you know i definitely don't want to draw attention to myself uh let this just be something that's on the low uh please don't count it out loud i thought that too because you know the, as they count they're like do you want it in 150s and you know they're saying they're saying all that kind of stuff and it's just you know it is drawing attention to yourself so i understand why he did it but i think if there's a certain protocol for that to happen bank of america should communicate that to their customers mm-hmm. and their employees so this doesn't happen again right and you have to go in when you're withdrawing that amount of money right. you can't just imagine going go through the, the drive <laughs> you know so <laughs> i definitely get it even when i'm trying to withdraw like not ten thousand dollars but a decent amount like you know when the person is standing right next to you and kind of like you know in your business a little bit Nosy. Like, whisper like <laughs> why are you putting on blast like how much I'm pulling out like whisper. So I definitely get that. Like, hey, do this discreetly. I don't want anyone all up in my business. So I definitely Facts. understand. Facts. I'm laughing because we have someone in the chat that said, well, banking with Bank of America was the first of many mistakes. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> um, no comment. No comment. So, but yeah. So anyone else want to weigh in on this scenario before we close out what's trending? 
Yeah, we didn't even talk on the the black thing. I just think I think it's a it's a it's a human thing, honestly, more than just a um, because like a lot of a lot of if you look look at the video, the police officer, the um, the bank teller, like I I think it just kind of goes beyond that. I think it's just more so of we need to look at the way that we do our processes and you know mm -hmm. I I don't know how I would handle it if I got a note. I'd probably be like I've watched too many uh, movies and Ooh. know what this means. <laughs> and I don't, we're the police. So, you know, you just, I think, uh, I think it goes beyond just the being black thing. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, but that's just, that's me personally. And I like, and I heard the, uh, the 911 call, the, the young lady does sound young. So, um, like I said, I'm, we don't know the situation, but I, I assume that she's a young lady. And again, this is her first time getting a note and she probably just panicked. Like, oh my gosh, it's a note. Like, I just, like I said, I put myself in her shoes and, but that's why we got to, pay attention to details before we react. And that's what, that's the mm -hmm. lesson that I learned from this situation. That's good. That's very good. Thank you, Danye. All right, ladies, let's dive into women in media. So we've got two segments that we're kind of breaking this up into. The first one, we really want to hear about your story, your path, the journey that you've taken in media, and then we'll kind of branch into how you're leading the way, whether you realize it or not, you are leading the way for other women in media. So let's talk a little bit about your story. So let's start with Risha. If you could share with us, uh, how did you get started in media? Like what drew you to that realm? And you know, what were some steps that you took um, once you decided, hey, this is an area I'm really interested in. So just share with us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, so for me, I'm in music and music industry uh, and have been in it for quite a while. I start to go all the way back. <laughs> I've always loved music. And uh, I went to college for audio engineering. And um, through that process, I found out that that's probably not going to be my gift However, I love being in music. Like I love everything about it. I love the process. I love the people in it. I love being around it. And so um, I was just, you know, trying to figure out how am I going to be a part of this um, if the audio production thing is not not uh, working for me. And um, long story short, I uh, was able to connect with Doc Watson over at Reflection Music Group, um, who uh, Derek Minor, Cannon, uh, those acts, and some other amazing people, Byron Jawan. Uh, and Danielle, I, I'm going to say her name wrong, but she's great. Danielle, I, I, I believe it's Apicella, if I'm saying it right. Uh, but Danielle, I love you, girl. Please don't, my bad for butchering your name. Uh, Pulling a Jeremiah. Uh, so, um, so uh, yeah, so, you know, all those great acts. And at the time we had Diraj and um, some other people too. But I was working there um, and basically just started off as an internship. And uh, how can we get Facebook? that was 2014. So Facebook learning that and how to um, market artists on a social media platforms. And so that eventually led to me being marketing director there. And that was the niche that I found that I really love and became passionate about. And uh, uh, so, yeah, so just started learning how to market artists, how to uh, brand artists. Uh, so the brand strategy side of things, how to brand a release uh, and market that release. What does that look like? And so I did that at Reflection Music Group for about five years um, and then took a little hiatus, went out on my own for a little bit. Uh, and then I moved to Florida to work at Good City with uh, Amanda Small, also known as Butter P, and uh, did brand management there as well, too. So I just really got into the, the swing of things, um, just kind of on a, 
searching for what I wanted to do and uh, fell into it and found a passion. And now um, I actually just started my own company, So Good Creative. And um, <laughs> thank you. And uh, doing that same thing there as well too, the brand strategy, digital marketing and um, Squarespace web design. So um, yeah, that's the short version. I could be here all day, but you know, this is, we don't have all day. So, <laughs> but that's the short version of how I got uh, into media. Uh, thank you for sharing. Yes, Absolutely. I'm already like, and and we can't. I would be remiss if we didn't talk about how you've impacted and supported and partnered with our husband's radio show, Track Stars, as well. So we're really grateful for that. I know my first introduction. I want to say, I'll say first legitimate introduction to you was when we were working on um, Rick and Sears project. And I know yes. Rick mm -hmm. had invited you to one of our strategy sessions. And so as you were talking, I was like, yes, we need to talk because Creative Air is like what, you know, it aligns a lot of what you're doing with what we absolutely done, are doing. So love, love, love that. But just grateful for how you've supported, you know, our husbands, Jeremiah and Ryan Righteous and, you know, Shantana and all of that with just, what you do and just being a legitimate fan of Christian hip hop. So just so grateful. Yeah. For that. So, Thank you awesome. so much. Thank you so much. All right. And next we have Miss Danielle Davis. Can you share with us your journey in media, please? Ooh. All right. How much time we got? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I started, um, well, I didn't know that I wanted to be in media. I had, you know, everyone has that one teacher that makes that big, big, big impact in their life. And mine was my English teacher, Miss Chapman. And I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician. I'm so glad that she redirected my, you know, my purpose, because if I try to do that now, I'm just like, ew, like blood and all that. I, I couldn't do that. So, but she is the one that um, she, before she became a teacher, she, was in media and she told me her story and I was just like, oh, wow, that sounds so cool. So that is how I redirected my path in high school and went to college to get a journalism degree. I um, started in radio. Um, my first job was as a board op in Jefferson City, Missouri. And then I got an internship here in Atlanta at B103. And I've been there since I'm still there part-time I um, produce shows like Sunday Morning Praise with Larry Tinsley. I had the opportunity to be a uh, associate producer for the morning show um, with Frank Ski. And, um, and now I have my own show on News and Talk 1380 WAOK called Voices in the Streets Unfiltered. Congratulations. And, yeah, that's awesome. And so now I'm trying to migrate to TV. I work in sports as well, so. Been a, it's been a great journey. I also used to produce the track stars as well. Many, many yep, I was gonna, <laughs> Yep. I was gonna connect the docs because you actually helped them with their air, their first air track, didn't you? Uh oh, it's it's it was a journey too. Like we started at a old radio station, it was on AM, and we used to go every Sundays before church, and it was it was fun. I, I can't remember, it was like the light radio station. And I was trying to teach them how to come in and, um, you know, work on their transitions. And I was, mm. I remember teaching Jer Jeremiah how to do drops and, um, and how to, you know, segue music 
into going back into the radio show and how to segue into going to commercial break and, and stuff like that. So, uh, but it, it was, it was fun. It was fun working with them. I'll do it again. I love it. I love it. She is the original OG of track stars. <laughs> yes, she is. Facts. D- Facts DJ right. Jeremiah said, yep, it was called the light. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, and the equipment was so it was so old. It was like, oh my gosh, just, <laughs> but we made it work. We made it work. And I, I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed working with them. Praise God. That's Praise it. God. Wow. So now are both of you, I, I know Risha, you kind of mentioned that your sweet spot is marketing as it relates to media. Is that correct? Or do you have any other areas where you are like extremely passionate about? Yeah, so help me lord um you know when you're passionate about a lot of things and you only have so much time uh so for me brand 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 strategy is really my all-time favorite thing um when it comes to this realm um knowing your why why you do it and who you're wanting to impact um diving deep into that um and seeing how you can translate that from the knowing why you do it into the how you do it and that's the marketing part of things. And then also too, over the last few years, I found that I really love um, building websites. I really, really love that. And, um, oh. and helping um, creatives have, you know, a place to showcase their platform, but not just showcase, but how can we bring all that branding and marketing into your website? So you're not just having so, a place that's just, you know, you want to have a place that showcases you, but also connects to your audience and brings value. And so they can bring value to you as well. So I'm all about adding value across the board, whatever I'm doing. And then also, too, I'm a photographer, and um, I've shot for probably about 11 years now. And um, so I do that. And then uh, podcasting, uh, I have a podcast, 222, uh, where I talk to the Christian creative entrepreneur. Um, Anything else in media, I like video. (laughs) I like doing video. I actually just edit video for my church. I'm on the creative team there. So uh, there's a lot. Media is my thing, (laughs) I guess I would just say. Like, I like I really like many assets of media um, and being able to just, I'm a person that like, I like to know how to do a lot of things, um, eventually to delegate those things, but I like to know how to do a lot because I think all of that stuff is cool and fun. And so, um, yeah, I have a, a, I guess a hand in a, in a lot of different things. Love it. Love it. I got to ask you, what does 222 stand for? Good question. Um, so, <laughs> so funny uh, story is it comes from high school when I was in me and a friend of mine. Um, shout out to B Lad. Uh, he we would just look at the clock and every time it was two twenty two in our like GR, in one of our classes, um, we would just always shout it out. It actually comes from a Rick Ross song that we won't talk about. But anyways, <laughs> we would just we would just reference that all the time, and it just stuck with me. Like two twenty two, the number just stuck with me. And now I feel like every time I see it, I feel like the Lord is trying to show me something. And so um, it's just a number that stuck. Uh, and so two twenty two, I was like, oh, I need a name for my podcast. And I guess I was just like two twenty two sounds cool. Uh, that works for me. <laughs> and uh, I've just made it. You know, a, a name is what you make it. And so. Uh, I just is like, uh, we'll try it. We'll see. You know, it may it may shift, but for now, it's easy. It makes it easy to find because you just type in three numbers and there it is. And so, uh, yeah, that's where 222 comes from. That's what's up. And then, Danielle, I know you said you started in radio. You're venturing into like sports and television mm-hmm. and film. Like where where do you feel like your sweet spot is or do you are you still trying to figure that out? 
I like directing. I like, um, I love creating. So that's why I still work on in radio with the radio show we air every Sunday, four to seven. I had to plug that in. Um, but I want to, I do want to venture into doing um, sports production. I, I used to also uh, work uh, for the Falcons. Um, and that was fun. I enjoyed doing that. Uh, but it, it was also, I like giving direction or creating a, a format or just organizing uh, shows and, you know, of course, like, you know, doing like a tech sheet scheduling and try to cue in everyone on when to come in and what, you know, what to say. But I want, I still want you to be yourself, but, you know, be yourself in a way that attracts people, attract, you know, attract followers or, you know, our listeners or even fans. I just love creating in different ways. Awesome. awesome. So can I, well, I want both of you, but whoever can go first to just kind of share. And I know, especially in media and just, you know, the creative aspects of, of the arts and entertainment that every day looks different. But if you can kind of give us an idea of what a day in the life looks like for each, for both of you, just so our listeners have an idea of just some of the things that you have your hands in and some of the things that they can anticipate having to do when you're impacting the media realm? Oh, day to day. Oh, well, if you, if you're doing a, um, a radio show, it's nonstop. You're working all the time because you're looking for content. Like I'm always on social media. Like when I'm with my friends or family, there's like, you're always in your phone. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just looking, I'm looking for content. That's all it is. And so I'm always on Instagram. I'm always on Facebook and looking at the news and see what's trending and try to find a creative way to, you know, talk about that topic. Um, but yeah, you're always on your phone working. Um, and then when, when you get to the station, it's like, okay, now you got to prep. You got to, because we also have to do uh, radio clocks, uh, you know, try to, you know, to keep everyone organized and stuff like that. So we do show clocks and then we have to print out the topics or the news stories we're going to discuss that day, call guests, make sure they're still going to be on time and, um, and just get ready for the show. You got to add uh, audio, right? Record audio clips that you want to add to the show. And sometimes it's, it's easier to do it the day before so that you're not stressed out. Um, when it's time for the, you know, you know, when it's show time and it's just like timing, you got to always look at the clock and then you got to do math. <laughs> you got to say, okay, how much time do I have to do this? And it's, it's a lot of fun. It's like your work day goes by so fast. Like once those four or three hours of the show is over, it's like, oh, you're done. You get to relax now and, and mm -hmm. enjoy the day, but you still, you're still working. Even when you're at home, you're still looking for content, emails, you know, trying to book guests and stuff like that. So, but I, I, I love it. Wow. Wow. Keeps me on my toes all the time. I believe it. I believe it. I was going to ask, what, what about you, Risha? What does your day-to-day -day look like? Yeah, I was going to say that's very high energy. Um, <laughs> kind of the same, I guess, uh, it, over, over for me, it's uh, dependent on, I'm, very dependent on client work. So whatever the client work that I'm working on um, is, I guess, heavily driving my day. So um, as I mentioned, you know, building websites, that's something that has been kind of heavy the last few months. So um, that's something, you know, that's a process of um, getting content from the client, uh, designing the site, getting feedback from the client. Um, and then, you know, for outside of just doing the client work, um, I would say, 
you know, let me speak into this too, you know, just as a, a person that's an entrepreneur and creative entrepreneur, you know, juggling many hats, what works for me is a to-do list. And also what works for me is just having a place that I can have all my projects like in one space. So therefore I can see, okay, what are the things that I need to be working on today? And what are the things that I have to work on this week so I can have like somewhat of a mindset because I think, you know, if you're in or out of media, it's very good to be able to have a balance of, or at least just have some type of system where you are able to see what's, what's going on within your workflow. So that's very important to me. Um, but it's either I'm either in a meeting or I'm working on client work. Um, I would say, you know, back when I was really heavy in the artist um, side of things, uh, definitely meeting with them, listening to music, uh, listening to a lot of music and, uh, you know, giving feedback on that kind of thing and that kind of stuff and seeing, okay, well, if you have an album, uh, let's listen through it. We've done listening sessions. Um, but also how do we take this album and now move it from uh, just, you know, us knowing about it to the world knowing about it and going through that process. So this is kind of overall, it's not really day to day. Every day is so different. Um, Friday, yesterday or Thursday for me was sitting and creating website, launching a website for a new space program, uh, and then uh, editing uh, a video for church and creating a website for a friend that has uh, a, a merch brand. So every day is really different for me. There's really no like this, the day is the same. Um, but I would say throughout to just to kind of give some um, advice would be to definitely like make sure that you have a place where you have everything mapped out uh, and just know what's on your plate. So that way, um, you can know what to tackle when and how to best do that. So, uh, yeah. Wow. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> Depends on the day. <laughs> Both of you, uh, it sounds like your plates are really full. Um, Danielle, it seems like you have a lot going on on your plates. She kind of gave us like a rundown of how she's able to balance. What about you? How do you how do you have your work-life balance managed? Because you said, I'm always on my phone. I'm looking for content. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you find time to kind of unwind and just relax and not be on your phone? Well, I, I made a new rule this year. Like after <laughs> eight o'clock, I'm, 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 ch I'm chilling. Like I, I'll just, you know, just sit there because you have to, you have to take a break for yourself um, and, and just decompress. And Saturdays is usually my day to just unwind completely, um, like detach myself from my phone and just go see family and friends. Like Saturdays is my best days. Sundays is because, you know, we do the show on Sundays. And so that's why I'm, you know, I'm back in the swing of things, um, trying to get everything together. And then Monday through Friday, it's just eight o'clock. That's my cutoff point. Setting awesome. boundaries. I love it. Mm -hmm. It's a must. It's a must, especially when you, you know, as you all know, wearing multiple hats. And I don't even wear the mom wife hat. So I mm -hmm. don't even know what that, <laughs> that looks like. But, you know, to add that on top of it, I'm sure, you know, that's a added, you know, just having to know what's important when I think is, 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 uh, is a big thing too. Um, prioritizing things of just seeing like, okay, well, today's priority is X, Y, and Z. Um, and knowing what can go later on in the week or the next week or the next month. <laughs> like, you know, what, what are those things that are important for now? Uh, I think is, is what helps me as well too. 
Wow. Great tips, ladies. Let me ask, um, what are some challenges that you encounter as being women in media? And how do you overcome those challenges? Uh, some of the challenges is like, um, I'll, I'll use my show, for example, I have two co-hosts with me. So there's there's me and Desi T, and but she's out uh, right now. She hasn't been on the show, uh, but I also have two male co-hosts, um, Xavier Brandon and Austin McCall. And when we get callers who call in on the show, they kind of just I feel like they brush the women to the side, cause the male callers, and they they give praises to the men like y'all I love y'all y'all are you know so intelligent da da da. Oh, and then the women, yeah, y'all, you know, like we cool, and it's just like, oh, it's 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 like disrespect, but sometimes you got to call the men out on it, like the listeners and our co-hosts, they have our backs, and I appreciate that. They they always say, yeah, Danielle and Desi's here too, and they, you know, they they've done this and that. So, um, WA okay, um, our the demographic is men, but we're trying to change that, and so. Uh, but that was one. That is one of the challenges. Like what a lot of male callers, you know, I feel like you know they feel like we don't know as much as the men, and so that's something that we do have a challenge. That some of the challenges we deal with in media. And I also oh. see that in like a lot of a lot of other fields besides media, uh, mm-hmm. in general, like um, STEM and just different things that you know, they're trying to get girls to get interested in like coding and the sciences. I I just feel like they don't have a lot of role models that they can see um, doing certain things. And it's not that we can't do it. We could do it just as good or even better in some cases. So yeah, I can definitely see that as a challenge. And and even in in television, it's, it's like, um, Sometimes, like, you know, the males like to get advice from the males. It's, I've seen, like, if, if I or another woman who is in leadership tries to give advice, the men are just, like, they rather get advice from another male. And it's it's really, that's really a challenge, too. But sometimes you just have to just be humble about it. I mean, there's nothing you can do. You just keep going. Keep wow. pushing real keep going though is is enough it's hard enough it really Uh is i was just Mm -hmm. having a conversation this week about that because i feel like i often get defensive because i feel like i have something i feel like i have to prove myself more than the average person and or you know more than my male counterparts and so it's like okay like how do i you know, keep going, but be confident yet secure in who I am without feeling like I have to constantly one up and prove because, you know, you can easily just get caught up in that where it's like, I'm going to show you. And it's like, no, at the end of the day, you work for the Lord, you serve the Lord, he sees you <laughs> mm-hmm. and you be faithful mm-hmm. in doing what you know to do and mm-hmm. allow him, allow your gifts to make room for you. So it's, yeah. It's very challenging. Risha, did you have anything you want to share? Oh, go ahead, Daniel. Were you going to say something real quick? I'll say, and know when to pick your battles. Mm, That's real. Some battles are worth it and some battles are not. Yeah. So it's like, if if you're always fighting, it's, it can kind of, you know, be a turnoff to others and, 
And then now you're stuck with not getting that opportunity to, opportunity that you deserve. So just knowing to pick your battles and have a st- strategic plan on what battle you're going to fight. Mm. So cussing everybody out in the office and having that stigma of being the angry black woman sometimes doesn't work. You just you just have to just figure out, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna come here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna you know speak my mind. And sometimes it works. Like when you you calm down and you know you you're professional about it, you you can get your way and know who to talk to. It'll mm-hmm. it'll work. Yeah, I love that, Daniel. Knowing knowing when to you know knowing how to pick your battles. That's mm-hmm. great. Very true. All right, we got to close out. But I was gonna say anything you want to share, Richard, before we go to our next segment. Yeah. So um, I'll try to keep it brief, but um, I would say for me, I am a very quiet person, but I watch a lot. Um, and and I think that when it comes to that, for I've, I've been in a lot of spaces where men are definitely the dominant one. However, I lead with what, how you were saying, my, you know, that the, the Lord is on my side and he's going to, he's let me let him fight for me more than I, I have to do the fighting. So um I would say for me, I just have just become more for more so of the advocate for women, um, more than mm. I thought I would. Um, I, you know, I just I just see that a lot of times, you know, we like to play the background or we like to cower down because of who we are. And I just want to empower women to know you don't have to do that. Like, speak up for yourself, or uh, if you feel like you're not getting paid enough, say it. Like, you know, um, I think that there we can just yeah we can play these background roles and do them so well because if you look at CHH on all of these labels, there's always women behind them. Always. We're just not in the forefront. But I think, um, I think, I think that we need, do we need more shine? Sure. But I think just when we come into things, just know that you're great at what you do, own it. Um, and if you're not great, be great at it, learn how to get great at it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just think, you know, we can sometimes, I'm just a person that doesn't let any stigma or any label define me. Like I'm a child of God. That's the one thing that I will let define me. And, um, outside of that, it's just like, just push. Like we got to, there's a lot of pushing that we got to do, um, but push through, find people that can be in your corner, uh, and just, um, you know, advocate for yourself because nobody's going to do that better than you. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess that's quick, real quick, <laughs> real quick, because I know we got to keep moving forward. But um, but yeah, I would just say just root your identity in Christ uh, over everything. And that will allow you to have the confidence that you need to go through the doors that you want to go through. Yes, I think advocating for yourself is huge for women, um, even when it comes to when you get new jobs, uh, negotiating your salary. I know I had to do that. I was advocating for myself, like, hey, <laughs> I've got a master's. I've got. Uh oh, she froze. Did I lose you, Toya? I thought it was my <laughs> camera. She does have a master's, though, y'all. Like, hey, there we go. <laughs> brilliant. So I'll just chime in on that. And it's constantly getting recertified and everything. But she just brings up such a great point about being an advocate for yourself because. I mean, oftentimes we don't. We shy away from saying, hey, I think I deserve a higher salary or, hey, I think I deserve more vacation time because we're afraid that they're going to take the opportunity away completely. And I think with our male counterparts, it's the complete opposite. It's like they may be underqualified, but they're still going to ask for more money. They're still going to ask or like someone used the example of, and I won't say underqualified, like they can't do the job, but like, you can see a job listing. A woman can see a job listing and be like, 
okay, I meet three of the five criteria and they're not going to apply. A man could see the job opportunity and be like, okay, I hit two of the five criteria. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and they just do it. And I think for us, we automatically feel like I don't measure up or I'm not good enough or whatever. And it's harder for us to really speak on our behalf to be our own advocate. So I do want to challenge women in general, just something as simple as negotiating your salary is scary. I did it for the first time, I think last year. And I was like, oh my God, they're going to take away the offer period. And it's like, no, they're not. No, they're not. No, 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 because most businesses, they actually, they, they, they come in low. So you can go higher, like, you know, uh, and so, you know, they have that room, they have that room. So, um, but I would say, you don't, you know, don't even just start there, start in the everyday things. What are some things that you can advocate for yourself in the small things? I'm learning that myself, you know, even if it's like, Hey, you know, I'm in, I'm in line at the, at, uh, the, um, at the grocery store and somebody decides to hop in front of me or something like that. Uh, no, excuse me. Like, you know, just the small things where stuff like yeah. that, where I'm here, I'm, I'm not just. Uh, not just you know I'm not invisible I'm here let me stick up for myself uh, and be able to advocate for myself so even if it's in the small things like that that helps to lead to the big thing so when it comes to the negotiating your salary know who you are you are you have worth you have value Uh, so if you're bringing that worth and value to the table advocate for yourself do it do it do it I remember I I negotiated for my salary oh go ahead no you go ahead go ahead I was going to say, I remember I, ne- I had to negotiate my salary because I noticed that, well, I heard that the employees that they were bringing in after after me were making mm. more. Mm. And I, I, you know, so again, I picked my battle, but I was professional about it. And I sent an email to my manager and HR um, like, hey, I feel like I deserve more than what I'm making right now. The, you know, the market is you know, salary is this high and mm-hmm. I'm making this, I, I would like to adjust my salary to this. So to match the market, instead of coming at them crazy, like so-and-so makes more than me. <laughs> so I, I had to research and, you know, and, and I sent an email and a letter to everyone that I knew were involved in making that decision. And granted, they only gave me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But that was my sign of it's time to go. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I took that as a sign. It was it was God telling me it was time to go. I left and now I'm making more than 10 times more than what I was making there. So wow. so there's nothing wrong with asking, but also take that as a sign that okay, it's my time to go. I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I'm gonna move on. And God definitely blessed me. You took like multiple risk in that scenario, because I mean, it takes a risk to even reach out to AR and to your supervisor or manager or whomever to say, hey, you know, I deserve more. I feel like I should be making more based on what the market is, based on what my skills Mm -hmm. are. That in and of itself is a risk. So like kudos to you for that. But then Mm -hmm. the even bigger step of, you know, saying, okay, they were able to give me a little more, but I still know that I, you know, and qualified to make more and to take the step of leaving and transitioning to a new role is huge. So both of those, I feel like were incredible risk, like for real. And it was worth it. Wow. It It paid off. 
It paid off. <laughs> Literally. There you go. Yes. So you all have done great in transitioning to our second segment, which is on leading the way, because we really want to talk about how you're blazing a trail for other women, you know, that may already be in media, that may desire to be in media, that may just be listening right now and are like, hey, I do need to go negotiate my salary next time. Y'all are like leading the way. So let me ask you, like, do you, do you, I know y'all talked about being advocates for other women. So how are you advocates for other women? Do you have mentees or do you have uh, people that you connect with on the general? Do you have mentors? I mean, just what are some ways that you feel like you have partnered with other women to really be an advocate for one another? Yeah, I've, um, man, I'm big on mentorship. Um, mm -hmm. I've been, I've been personally been mentored my entire life. Um, but I would say I've, the last couple of years, I've had the biggest season of mentorship. Um, and it's been a blessing to me to sit under someone else to, that is further along and that has brought a lot of value to me. Um, but as far as what I'm doing now with that is um, I have a group of women. It's just called Women in CHH. Uh, and we are on a Telegram group and we just pour into each other. Um, wow. We talk about everything, uh, anything and everything, you know, as far as like, hey, guys, I'm releasing this. Can you help promote it to um my gosh, uh, people are going through a lot and it's a space where women are able to just be open about it. And it's a blessing. Like I, it came, it was a fruit from the CHH sexism thing. Um, and I just felt like, you know, back then it was just like, okay, well, where's a space where all of us are talking. Um, and so I, the Lord just was like, Hey, you can create that. <laughs> and so, um, well, yeah, so there's just this, this, this group of women that we just pour into each other. We meet once a month, uh, and are able to pour, um, into each other, I guess, visually and audibly. Um, and then now we're looking to how can we put this thing in, how can we meet in person and be able to be together um, to grow? And so, yes, from a creative standpoint, but more so from a um, womanhood, just uh, being able to help each other in this thing. So, um, and and then now too, you know, that I've had such a large, I guess such a, I've been poured into me through mentorships. I am looking for um, just women that I can help pour into as well that are on, on the come up and um, being able to advocate for them and teach them what I know. Uh, uh, and um, yeah. And then too, you know, if you're listening, you're like, Hey, I need help. Just uh, at Risha Leandra on everything. Feel free to reach out. There you go. I love it. Oh, and I meant to do this earlier for those of you that may not know CHH stands for Christian hip hop. All right. I know we, we use that term freely um, because uh, we definitely are in that realm. But for those of you that may not be aware, CHH stands for Christian hip hop. So, but Daniel, did you want to share anything on how you're supporting other women um, and being an advocate? Um, I do um, believe in having a mentor is very, very key, especially in media, because you need direction. Um, how do I apply for this job? Um, what to expect when I get this job? Um, how to, because you, you, not only do you have to deal with the job in itself, but you also have to deal with personalities and different egos and stuff like that. So it's just, it's just preparing you what to, you know, what to expect when you get that, that great job, that dream job. And I also do help. I have helped uh, young, young women who, you know, wanted to get in the field because getting in is also a battle. Uh, especially straight from college. It's like, you have to, it's all about who you know. 
Wow. No, that's a, actually a great segue. I was going to ask you, like, what advice would you give? And this is for both of you to women that are looking to get involved in media. Like, what are some steps that you would uh, recommend? If you know that this is the career that you would like to get into, I would start as soon as you get out of high school, intern, interning while you're in college and, you know, and getting the education, start internshipping as soon as like your freshman year so that you can make the connections and then even get a part-time job while you are in school. So that it, it just makes it easier for you to transition into that full-time employment instead of waiting until you graduate and you have no connections. And it's, and it's, it's kind of funny how, um, like when you apply, they say that you need experiences. Like, how am I going to get the experience if you won't give it to me? So it's it's easier to me. I wish that I would have, and I, I did start in college, but I wish I would have started sooner, like my freshman year. And, gotcha. and got, got more involved and got a job so that when I did graduate, I can just go ahead and just apply everywhere and meet and, and make those connections. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. Great tips. Intern, work part-time. I would even go so far to say volunteer while you're in school because mm -hmm. it does kind of experience. If you have that luxury to volunteer, volunteer. Whatever you need to do in order to, you know, like you were saying, make those connections and get in front of people, do it. Do it. Yeah. And even if you're volunteering, put that on your resume. They, they don't have to know that you got paid for it or not. And that was something I had to learn, too, because I, I felt that oh, I have to be full-time before I can apply to Turner, or I have to be full-time before I can go here. And, and that's not true. Facts. Great stuff. Great stuff. Any tips you have, Risha? Yeah, I'm going to come from the, um, the free flow creative that may have a little bit different background or maybe not going to college or maybe past college age. Mm -hmm. um, it's never too late to start. It's never too late to start. Um, the great thing is that if you're listening to this and you're probably, you know, you definitely have internet and you have a device that you can create on it. So definitely utilize what you have. Um, if you want to start a, if you want to start a podcast, do it. You can do it for free. If you want to start a YouTube channel, do it. You can do it for free. Like all those things, um, you can start to be able to have like um, a, a resume or I guess like a portfolio where you have, you know, if you're wanting to be in the creative side of things, um, just start it, you know, just create um, put your work out there and just know that like, it's okay to be mediocre at the beginning. Cause you're going to get better with everything that you do. So, um, just start, keep pushing, keep going. Um, and if you have, there's a myriad of res re resources online. Um, but also I would say too, the other thing is if you can find groups, find communities that are, um, in your, that are, people that love what you do or love yeah. the things that you you love as well too. Like, you know, I have my women in CHH group. I'm also a part of a creative entrepreneurship group where we um, share our goals for the month. Uh, and then I'm a part of a Squarespace designer group where we talk Squarespace all day long um, and can help each other out. You just find those people that are, uh, that are, that have the same uh, passions as you um, and can help you and iron sharpens irons that, that can make you better. Uh, at what you do and just, you know, advocate for yourself in those communities as well, too. But you can find them anywhere, Facebook, um, Twitter, um, different, you know, even Trackstars, the community that they built here mm -hmm. at Becoming Eva, the community that you guys have built, you know, just be a, become a part and just speak up. You know, we don't know what you have if you if you don't tell us. So uh, yeah. definitely speak up and, and, and uh, find those places where you can find people that are passionate about what you are as well, too.
I Rishi, love- you, you made a very, very good point because when I started in media, I didn't have, we didn't, I didn't have YouTube. I didn't have Instagram or any of that. And so you can create your own reel or create your own content now so that employers can see it. Mm-hmm. And right. that's, a, mm-hmm. that's a great, but you are, you know, those who are just starting out, you are a better advantage of promoting yourself now than what, you know, that others have had in the past. So I will just say, take advantage of that. Create your mm-hmm. own reel, create your own page of, of doing the news or, or making mm-hmm. music or whatever your passion is. Just, you know, you can showcase it now. That is so true. Social media has definitely been a game changer. Um, Mm -hmm. And I love that. Just start. I think oftentimes we wait for an opportunity to present itself when actually we just have to just do it. We just have to start. Just get the ball rolling. You know, I use a term with some of the artists that we work with and say momentum meets momentum. Like people Mm. aren't looking for somebody that's just sitting still, no matter how talented you are. Like you have to be out there doing something in order to draw attention to yourself. And so like, get the ball rolling, just start. Good mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's never too late. Um, the comedian, Leslie Jones, mm. you know, she was, she was in her forties or fifties when yep. she got it. She was on Saturday night live. So it's, it's never too late. Facts. No matter what people tell you. <laughs> well, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm good. I th- what was the last thing you said, I feel like I cut you off. Oh, no matter what people tell you, that it's too late, you know, yeah. you should have started at this age and stuff like that. I don't want it. No, that's not true. It's never too late. Good stuff, ladies. All right. Let me ask you, um, do you have any tools, any podcasts, any resources, any books, anything that you would recommend uh, for or, you know, anyone that is looking to get involved in media, to grow in media, as we're all supposed to be doing, growing and learning and evolving, anything you would recommend? Ooh, um, I could be here all day, but I would say <laughs> um, what really helped me, uh, this is, and this is uh, not a woman, and this is not a believer, but um I find just find somebody that you're passionate about and then uh, I guess dive into their work. I'm a big fan of this guy, Casey Neistat, and mm. he was doing daily daily vlogs on YouTube every day and they were so high quality. And that just fueled my passion for every like and everything else, just watching him uh, and diving into his videos. Um, so, yeah, I would say, you know, find people that just you uh, that's I guess another example, I guess, in our space I'll give is my friend Godframe. Um, go check out his YouTube channel. He is a producer as well as a videographer, and he's ama- runs his own business. He's amazing and, produ- uh, and produces fire music. Um, he just did stuff for Kanata and So. Um, he's on Good City. He's amazing. But go check out check out his YouTube video YouTube channel as well too. He gives great advice um, how to become a uh, how to do this thing, how to wear multiple hats, um, and he's he's gearing up for some more stuff too. So. Uh, I'm going to throw the ball his way so that way uh, people can go and, and check out his content. And then I'll pitch my own thing to 222. Um, feel free to check out the podcast where I speak to creative entrepreneurs as from a believer standpoint and how can we Dope. better um, ourselves there. So thank you for supporting us too today, Godfrey. We see you in the in the comment section. You are going in. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Danielle, you have any recommendations or resources you want to recommend? It just really depends on what you're interested in, um, just find something that you really, really, really like and study it 
and try to, you know, to create on the same level. I um, I like to watch The Breakfast Club. I like looking at their mm-hmm. their YouTube channel and because you know, I, sometimes I don't get a chance to listen to them while they're live. So then I I go back to YouTube or their their social media and try to catch up on what I missed. And I study the quality of their work, their camera work, um, how they promote themselves. And I try to create my own, but do it the same way they do because they're mm. successful. So my my recommendation is find something or someone that, you know, that you admire their work and try mm. to not copy it, but just do it the same way that they do, but put your own spin on it. That's good. Can I piggyback off of that real quick? Um, mm-hmm. I think that's really good. I think, you know, if you can look at like, let's say the breakfast club, they have a live show that they do in every morning. However, she's taking the time to listen to them later on in the day and it's not the morning. Okay. So that means that they're recording their show. They're putting it on YouTube. Then they're putting that content from YouTube onto Instagram, onto different platforms, taking the time to look at whatever your favorite thing is and breaking down how they do what they do. That's going to help you as well too. So, mm-hmm. how does how how does the Breakfast Club go from just having this regular show every day to now they're getting millions and millions of views on different platforms? See what they're doing. How are they creating clips? Like learning from that is going to be a way to benefit you as well. So, like I did the same thing with Casey Neistat, um, and you know you can do the do, do that with whatever your favorite thing is. Seeing how they do their thing, and then uh, replicating that for you, um, I think that's great advice. Love that. Great stuff, ladies. All right. Anything else on leading the way before we prepare to close? This has been so rich. I feel like we got to have y'all back. Like, this has been awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before we transition on leading the way, I should say. This has been phenomenal. Okay. Well, we have a segment called Noble Character. And we like to call out women that are of noble character. They have been setting an example. They have been... Um, leading the way, blazing a trail in their respective areas. And so we wanted of uh, the two of you, if you had the opportunity to shout out a woman of noble character and give them some shine this morning. So um, do either of you have a woman of noble character that you'd like to shout out this morning? Uh, mine is Stacey Abrams. Oh, yes. Can you tell Speaking us Speaking of leading the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, she's mm-hmm. an amazing leader. I think I admire how despite how many people, many her opposers try to tear her down because she's such, she's a strong black woman in my eyes. Like I can't imagine all of the, you know, everyone who tried to come come to her and try to tear her down and try to, you know, discredit her platform. But no, she keeps going. Like, even though she lost the, the race to, um, oh, please forgive yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, even though she lost, she just kept going. She's like, okay, I'm going to win another way and I'm going to turn Georgia blue. And she yep. did that. And she made her opposers upset. That is the great, greatest <laughs> revenge <laughs> ever. And I, I applaud and she did it with such grace and she did not tear anyone down. She she fought her 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 fight her fight with integrity and un- she uncompromised. I just, you know, I, I, I applaud her for keep, go- for keep going. Absolutely. And she's and a Spelmanite. I have to shout out my Spelman sister. So shout out to Stacey Abrams. You are a woman of noble character. Risha, mm-hmm. do you have anyone you want to acknowledge? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I will sing her praises until the day that I die. 
I want to shout out Amanda Small, but a P as most people know in uh, the Christian hip hop community, uh, one third of Raymond Soul, owner of Good City Music. Uh, she was my mentor the last, um, heavily the last two years. And um, I was just able to sit under her and learn so much. And I can't express the amount of value that has brought to me. Um, and not even just as a mentor, but as my friend as well, too. Um, so she's somebody that has pioneered the way uh, in mm -hmm. for us in Christian hip hop. And uh, just, you know, there's so many conversations she's a part of, so many things that she's done that people have no idea about. And I just love seeing how she's how she's moved pre uh, previously. And I'm very excited to see what she does in the future. But um, yeah, I just definitely want to give her her flowers as I try to as much as possible, uh, be able to shout her out um, for what she does, who she is, and such a woman of God um, over everything, which is so amazing um, to be able to just see how she uh, prays for uh, us in the community. She prays heavily um, for uh, just, you know, just she's just a praying woman. And uh, and being able to uh, sit under her and learn from her uh, was a privilege and an honor. And to now be able to call her friend is even more of an honor. So, um, yeah, just want to shout her out. Uh, and I'm her biggest fan. So uh, if you follow me, you just got, all you're going to see is Butter Bee content because we try to get this music out. But, uh, but that's my girl. That's my girl. Uh, and so definitely want to give her her flowers today. I love it. I love it. Butter P, you are a woman of noble character. I have definitely admired her from afar as well. And I know she's, you know, uh, a, a fan, a fan, not a friend, a fan and a friend of track stars. So definitely had the opportunity to, you know, witness the gems that she drops whenever she is, you know, on the show and just all the work, like you were saying, that she's done in the past to what she's doing now from Raymond Soul to just the licensing game. I mean, like she's blazing the trail in so many different ways, but to hear you say, first and foremost, she's a woman of God, a praying woman that just like elevates her in my eyes even more because I'm like, that's what we need. Quite honestly, we need women that are in media, but that at the core and at the heart of things are women of God, you know, that Amen. that is their identity first and foremost. That's where they find their security first and foremost. That's where they find their power first and foremost. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. We got to get her on here too, Butter P. We, if you're yeah. listening, come on, come on. But we're, <laughs> we're just grateful. So Butter P, you are a woman of noble character. So beautiful stuff, ladies. All right. And then Closing out, we do have our Black Dress Challenge. For those of you that may not know, we started off this season. Instead of having our BE Challenge, we have our BD Challenge, which, which is the Black Dress Challenge. Toya and I are trying to drop some LBs, okay, y'all? We're trying to get a little tighter, a little more tone, you know, and get okay. into those, those black dresses. You know the one I'm talking about. It's either in your closet, way in the back, or... It's still, you know, in your shopping cart online or you walk past it when you're walking down the street like, oh, I want that, but I need to look good in it when I get it. You know, that black dress, that's what we're talking about. So each week we've had a different challenge for our listeners to, you know, how you can look better in that black dress when you get it. And so last week, actually, well, not last week, but our last episode, the black dress challenge was to soak up some wisdom and knowledge 
from a married couple because we want you to have mm. wisdom when you're in that black dress because you might be, you know, trying to attract somebody or you might be in a relationship and you just want to, you know, have some wisdom when you're in that black dress. So bottom line. But this week we're going back to the physical fitness realm. And since we're talking about media, we want you to work out this week to three, count them, mm-hmm. three music videos, okay? Music workout videos, okay? So find your favorite Workout person, find somebody that, you know, has some live music, some dope music and get your workout on. Okay. That's what we want you to do this week three times. So that is our black dress challenge for this week. All right. And in closing, of course, like I said, we'll be celebrating women all month in honor of Women's History Month. We're going to be talking about women in social justice. We're going to be talking about women in family. We're just going to be celebrating women all month. So be on the lookout as the journey continues for celebrating women in uh, Women's History Month. Okay. But in the meanwhile, you can follow us. You can check us out. You can check us out on the YouTube channel. You can follow us on Facebook, IG, Twitter, all of that at Becoming Eva Today. And yeah, that's really it. We see y'all next time. But we're so grateful to have our lovely guests today. Thank you again, Risha Leandra and Danielle Davis for joining us. And is there anything y'all want to say in closing? You want to share your handles? Yeah, sure. Um, You can follow me on everything. It's at Risha Leandra, R-I-S-H-A-L-E-O-N-D-R-A. Uh, richleyonder.com and you can follow my business so good creative s-o-w so good creative on everything as well all right thank you so much all right y'all we'll see you next time